Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello, and welcome to a new episode podcast, Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys. Hello, Tyler. Yep. yep. Ty and Rye. Yep. Hello, Tyler. Yep. How's it going today? <laughs> yep. You feeling good? Yep. It's <laughs> a good response. Um, I am good. I I just ate my Snickers bar and I've got a Coke. So all that sugar about mid-podcast should hit my bloodstream. Yep. And so like, you're you starting uh, to hear the... What? When the, when, the, when the audio starts to spike, like kind of mid mid podcast that's why so. i feel like uh, we're gonna need to have a diabetes expert come in for a podcast and uh instruct I, us on some issues I, about sugar intake i agree <laughs> I, I agree i agree hey you know what that is that is true i i agree um uh, you know what's interesting that's funny you said we should bring somebody on i actually um so i i've talked about this a few times before but you, so like, you know how I've got the, um, I've got the, all right. The, one of the guys that I like to read is that, uh, Timmerman dude from Fidelity, right? Yeah. I actually, cause he's interacted a few times with my, with, with me on Twitter. Wow. And so I actually reached out to him and I said, Hey, one of these days you should be on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we may get one of the chief economist writers for Fidelity on our podcast. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. Rad. That would be really great. We don't, we don't need diabetes people. We want Fidelity people. Yeah. I mean, we just may need to if you have some health issues in which you're going to, you know, need to go on some insulin. <laughs> yeah. So. Insulin. Well, um, well, that's the only reason. I, that's why I run, you know, like a freaking maniac is so that I can eat this crap. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that guy can come on and help us with our topic today. Because we're continuing our series, Peak to Trough. This is episode number four, and it's going to be sort of a hybrid episode. We're going to talk about cryptocurrencies because that is our current uh, speculative investment. We talked about the dot-com bubble. We talked about gold. We talked about the 2008 financial crisis. Now we're moving on to cryptocurrencies. We've already talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that. This is going to be a little bit more of a brief uh, kind of overview of uh, particularly Bitcoin, because that's kind of the biggest, most important player right now. But it'll give you a sense of it. Uh, and then the, the other, the last part, we're going to focus on some of the key components for picking out when there is a speculative investment, and what to do, how to, how to know and how to go about it. Either avoid it or potentially if you are going to invest into it, how to invest into it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the whole point of this peak to trough thing is kind of, you know, understanding historical similarities, right, between these, these things that pop up. Yeah, they're very similar. Because it's funny because, yeah, and, and, and not to get ahead of ourselves here, but every, it, it, every time I, every time, it, it, like I've been doing this long enough now that, that I see similarities in the way that people respond to these kinds of things, right, and what they want, right? It's like, Anyway, so yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But well, the funny thing is, is that so much of it is human psychology. So much of it. Yeah, that's what drives. Absolutely, it. absolutely. I mean, we'll talk about that. Uh, it, you know, we didn't really, we didn't do an episode on. We did not do an episode on cannabis. 
right? But we did we did kind of kick around that idea about maybe doing one on cannabis because, I mean, when was the last time that you really heard anybody say, oh, yeah, I really want to get in on a cannabis? I mean, maybe, maybe if they want to smoke pot, but not for the <laughs> investing standpoint. A couple of years right? which, ago, you could hear it. Two, which, three years ago, you heard a lot about them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. The banner um, ads. The banner ads yeah. stopped. No, this is banner ads. The banner ad. Yep, that's it. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to just dive into a couple of ideas with the uh, the crypto uh, speculative bubbles. And the f- craziest part of this to me is it's not just one. We've had several uh, built into this where the dot-com was one bubble. All right, Gold's probably had a couple. Uh, we'll probably see more bubbles and it's some speculative uh, parts with gold. Um, the real estate bubble, right, was maybe one, although... Maybe we're in another one. I don't know. We gotta check our uh, our rules at the end here to see if we're in another speculative we, bubble. It, right? Yeah, we yeah. we we do exactly. Does it meet the criteria? Yeah. Here's a couple of things within, uh, particularly Bitcoin. But there, right now there are four thousand cryptos. Did you know that? Over four thousand. That's crazy. See, them. that's yeah. Yeah, we've been. That makes you know, no sense. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, you know, we've been keeping closer tab the last you know year or so on data, data and watching and, you know, cryptos and stuff like that. Um, I didn't realize there were that many. I seriously didn't. That's crazy. Well, I think I sent you a, a, a link not that long ago. You can go in and create your own cryptocurrency because they all sort of run on the same platforms um, and they use the same coding. Um, and so you can go in there and just create your own. And, you know, and we'll talk about this Dogecoin owner, uh, creator, and some of the things that he says about it. But that was created as a joke, sort of as a, almost like an anti-cryptocurrency, really. And now it's huge. I mean, it has a cap rate, a cap of $2 billion, I want to say, right now. And it was created as a joke. So, some issues that have to be dealt with on that. But let's talk about Bitcoin, because that's the oldest. Started in 2009, Satoshi... Nakamura, maybe that's his name. Is that his name? Satoshi Naka something. Nobody knows if he's an actual person. Uh, That's the name, but nobody really knows who it is. Uh, 2009. So if you go back to 2013, you know, Bitcoin is starting at about $123 per coin. And within two months of that, spiked 834% to $1,154 a coin. And that's all within two months, September to, to, to November. Then you, have, then you have a drop of 81% from that peak over the next year and a couple months. A little over, yeah, exactly. Then you have, and it goes from 1000 uh, one thousand one fifty four to two hundred eleven dollars, just to keep these numbers in in line. Then you have another spike about two years between that two eleven trough to the next peak, one thousand one hundred and forty. I, you know, what's what's happening in and that's two thousand and seventeen January seventeen. Yeah, you know what's going on there. They had the election of two thousand sixteen, right? I don't know what's driving. Yeah, that. exactly. You know, what's interesting here too is, um, so, you know, we, we've, we've, we've been more involved and, and tracked more 
you know, recently, right? Um, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like, I never really got as deep into cryptos, you know, back in 2013. But I do remember watching or, or experiencing, you know, clients kind of like this little wave, right? Because, um, you know, we, yeah, we, we look at, you know, obviously, we're really involved in real estate, you know, tax liens, self-directed accounts, things like that, people investing in notes. I mean, a lot of really alternative pieces, right? Um, and then, and then manage a lot of stuff in the, in the traditional market, traditional markets, right? Stock bond, you know, preferred stock, all those kinds of unit investment trusts, all those things that are, you know, a little, little bit more common. Right. And, and so, you know, I, it, it is, I didn't really think about this, but you know, it's funny as you say that, because I do remember little blips kind of coming up, you know, back in 13 in 17, right. Where clients be like, what is this crypto thing? Right. And I would, you know, do a little bit of research on it, but it was like, it, it would kind of die out. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting that now, um, you know, and, 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 and I don't, yeah, anyways, it's, it, it's just really interesting. Keep going with this thought as far as following these kind of like ebbs and flows, right. Which are extremely crazy sharp. Right. I mean, that's, that's just bonkers. The, trying to time those ebbs and flows is insane. But just think of this. So that peak that we just talked about was 2000, January 4th, 2017 peaked at $1,140. In eight days, it dropped another 31% on January 12th, 2017, right? Now, this year, 2017... You, just, you literally have to be on the right day. Oh, it's... I mean, that's, a, that's such a massive drop in that long, uh, short of a period of time. But see, then you see this... The, this 2017 is when I started to hear it more. Before that, it was very in passing. Didn't really pay much attention to it because... January 12th hits more of that bottom. It's not really a bottom, but it's kind of a bottom. $784 per coin by December of that year. So just about a year, 10, 11 months. It goes up to $17,436. So 2,121 percent in less than a year. Uh, and, you know... We could speculate all we want about what's driving that, but that's back to when there, it was kind of tough to buy. Like you'd have to go set up an account, get a wallet at some of these weird spots. Like it was kind of hard to buy if you wanted to buy. You know, now you can go on Robinhood and buy it. You know, yeah, a lot more exclusivity back in in seventeen for sure. Yeah, we'll talk about some of these spikes too in just a second because I think there's some important points to this. But anyway. Drops again, another 81% about a year later. Then there's about six months later, another big spike, 284% increase to $12,000 a coin, $12,335. Yeah. What were you saying? Well, just, let, me, let me jump in there. That, that's just so crazy. Because again, like, again, I'm not going to try and say or speculate because it's impossible to say when, when people would jump on. But, but again, this is kind of this idea where okay, if that value is being pushed by something, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, I hear about this. I really, I think this is great. And you don't move on that till say, because you're right, basically 11 months, right? Let's say I moved on that like middle of the year, whatever. Maybe I capture something. But it's like, I, I mean. But as soon as it hits the top, it's going down losing, again fast. Yeah, losing 81%. Yeah, exactly. Like when are you getting, and that's, like I'm seeing it all over the place now of, of people like, oh, do it, you know, coins are, they're they're ready for another rally. They're ready for another rally, and it just keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. Right? It's like, 
yeah, and we're going to get to this when it comes to the identifying factors, right? But man, just think about that. Like, like who's got the guts to, to be in that ride where you're up to 2,000% or down 82%? Because there's people, you hear people talk about it and they're like, well, I mean, if I would have been in in 2013, I'd be up X amount of dollars now. It's like, yeah, okay. Do you think you would have made it through all of those peaks and valleys through that time? I mean, we're talking right now so far, one, two, three, four really big peaks in about six years. Four huge peaks in six years. All, all of these peaks to troughs make Massive. 2008 make 2008 look like a small correction. Yeah. Yep. As far as those right? percentages, like those swings, it's nothing. Yeah. It's not even close. Exactly. It's crazy. So crazy. Yeah. So now all of us are very familiar then what's happened basically in the last year and some because then it bottomed out again last a year ago, March, right in the middle of the pandemic started last March 2020, uh, went all the way down to 5465 a coin. And then from there until just barely last April, three months ago, four months ago, um, spiked up to $63,000 a coin, a thousand percent, a thousand percent increase in that year. And then since then, and it was really, it was really May that did it. Uh, I have it here from, from yesterday going down to 30,662, which is a 51% drop. It's lower than that now. It's in the twenty eight twenty nine thousand dollars range today. Yeah. That's probably more like down 60% close yeah, to from it. that peak to peak to Valley. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure points that are coming into that because you see, because what happens on all of these inflation upswings, everybody's excited, everybody's getting in, and they're also leveraging, which is why you can see these wild swings. They're leveraging their positions to get higher. And then you see these big decompression of that. It's deleveraging. And the problem is, is where you're at on that mountain when it starts and when it ends where are you at in that process? And uh, it's, it's a wild ride. I don't know who can really stomach any of those things if they've got any significant amount of money in it. Seriously, and that's the, um, I can't remember if we did an episode on this or not, but it's like some of these meme stocks, right? It's been so interesting watching those because, like, and it's the same concept, right? It's like, as you hear about these later in the game, if you're not on that early spike, especially too, as we're talking about crypto, because one of the things we look at as we understand market swings is we'll look at, you know, how is that, how is that arc? How is that spike? How is that, that jump, right? Is it a sharper angle? Is it a more gradual growth? Is it more cyclical, right? And that's the, that's the whole point here is, man, a matter of days makes difference in, you know, hundreds of percent change, Right. And so, uh, you know, think about people just barely getting into this. It's like, it, the, again, with the meme stocks, cryptos, there's, there's that lot of similarity where it's like you get, and we're going you know, to talk about it in just a minute, some of these warning signs, but it's like you jump in thinking that you're going to get in on this, but unfortunately, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. And what I mean by that is you're jumping in at a, a much higher value than people that bought it even a week ago, right? And, and, and you kind of made them all the money and you now own something that's way expensive, right? Yeah, and you know the the article that we've uh, kind of passed back and forth and talking about the uh, you know creator of Dogecoin, which has kind of been famous with Elon Musk this year. 
Uh, it's created as a, a joke. And he came out and talked a little bit about cryptocurrencies. He's not involved anymore, by the way. He doesn't have any money invested in it. He's away from it. He's not involved at all. Jackson Palmer is his name. Yeah. yeah. Not involved at all. And he really came back and said, look, cryptocurrency is built for speculative bubbles. And it is built for really people with money to make more money. And it kind of leaves those on the other end of the financial spectrum kind of holding the bag. And he, he kind of points out a couple of important points. Now, these are not our three points that we'll talk about in a sec, but they fit into this. One problem is transparency. One problem is regulation. And, oh no, I'm going to forget the third one. Uh, there was a third one. He talked about it. Oh, built-in... Um, uh, What's the word? With scarcity, built-in scarcity. So there's these these issues. Like it's almost as if cryptocurrency was created by somebody thinking, how how can I make money in something? And uh, and I'm just going to create it basically, because you know cryptocurrency is a code. It's based on cryptography and this idea of the blockchain. It's not in the tangible world like cars and shoes and banking services and Right. So it almost feels like, and this is sort of his point, that it wasn't created necessarily for what we think it's created for, which is sort of replacing our monetary system. It was created as a way, it kind of brings out the worst parts of capitalism in it, which is, is that it can be manipulated very easily for those that are on right. the Right. I mean, it, it, in fact, think about that. Like, I mean, just a few months ago when we were talking about, you know, as we were, you know, it was like, on, it was like on a, on a Friday or Thursday or Friday or something. I was at my daughter's softball game. Right. And we saw like a 30% drop one night in like an hour. It, and, 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 um, Robin Hood stopped trading. Right. And it was because Elon Musk was basically just like, eh, there's, there's too much, there, there's too much of an environmental impact on this. I don't really like this thing anymore. Right. Like, like that's exactly to your point, right? Like that's a really wealthy person saying one thing and it wipes out 30% of that value. Yeah, it's right? bonkers. That's just, that's insanely bonkers. And, uh, you know, this idea of scarcity and here, here's the thing with it is, is that that scarcity can be used or, or security and scarcity kind of go together with this a little bit. Those two topics can be used to drive these market upswings where they can, they can basically sell the idea. They can manipulate the, the, the foundations of it. Because when you think about the idea of scarcity, how is scarcity created? Well, it's market-driven. Uh, it's not a single person or it's not a system. It's, it's market-driven. Scarcity in real estate, scarcity in gold, scarcity in uh, you know, value companies, right? Those things are all driven by market conditions. Well, what drives the scarcity of cryptocurrencies uh bitcoin only has so many bitcoins yeah just the fact that they make it that's how they made it it, it is created be, to be finite yeah, yeah exactly like we so did, it is we interesting it on purpose that way it is interesting yeah. as he brings that up it's a thought that uh, you know i really had like oh yeah it's a, it's a man-made scarcity specifically because that's one of the things that really drives speculation is scarcity the belief that whatever you're investing in right is going to go up in value, and, and in this case, it's going to go up in value because, hey, it's a it's a, a a rare thing, 
and you don't want to miss out on that train. Anyway, so this kind of brings us to this wrap-up point uh, that we've sort of talked about. Um, what these, these main four things that we're focusing on. Yeah, and, and before we, just real last thought before we get to that is, you know, the interesting thing here, and, and I'll, I'll relate this back to our first episode of this Peak to Trough with .com, is there's, there's something so interesting about the crypto uh, speculation and, and all this bubble we're talking about. But, but, but what's, I mean, we're not saying that like all of a sudden cryptos are going to go away overnight and it's just completely stupid. It's like, no, we're, we're, I mean, obviously, you know, we see the risk in it. That's why we're, we're, we're having this podcast. That's why we're talking about this. There's no doubt in my mind that this technology and the usefulness is starting to evolve, and there's going to be, you know, some usage from this over time, right? The, the, the point is, though, with all the point of all of this and all of these peak to troughs is we really are just trying to help people understand that, like, look, don't, like, if you, if you think you can time this and you think you've got your, your hand wrapped around this, like, or your mind wrapped around that, you, you don't. You really, really do not. You know what I mean? And so to, to, to risk so much of your retirement, your investment, your savings, whatever it is, on this idea, guess what? We've watched people try and do that before, and it's come back to bite a lot of people in the ass. Oh, so many. Right? How many people so lost many. their shirt with .com? How many people lost their... Yeah, anyways. So... Well, that's a good point, because this, this is not about the investment itself. It is about the trying to avoid getting caught up in the speculation, trying to avoid... Uh, you know, what's the mindset going into this? If you want to be a part of it, okay, here are some tools you can use to get involved with it. Because again, yeah, crypto is going to be around. It's not going away. Just like .com didn't go away. It just evolved and changed. Real estate didn't go away. Gold's not going away. These things are there. How do we engage in them? Yeah, and they're being used, mm -hmm. and they're being used in a speculative manner to try and generate excessive wealth in a fast way that... To be frank, it, it does not work for the masses ever. Yeah. Never has, never will. Yeah. So Get here we go. rich quick schemes. Honestly, here's, that, here's our three things. Ty, you ready? Yeah, that's actually a good point. They 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 do come down to this idea of get rich quick, and that fits into the first one. Yes. Right. Yes. Which is, and we talked about it on the crypto FOMO. Check your FOMO at the door. And FOMO at is the door. What is FOMO, Ty? Fear, fear, fear of missing out. Yes. FOMO. It is this idea. It's, that FOMO. is the get rich quick scheme. That is, I am afraid that I'm going to miss this train. It's going up and I don't want to lose out again. That's the first thing. And we've talked about this in, in the, all the previous ones. And every single one of those had this FOMO event. Uh, we talked about the dot-com bubble where... People were actually getting out of the S&P because an 18% return in one year wasn't good enough. Was they not good enough. They sold exactly. their S&P companies to get in these NASDAQ.com companies because they were like, it's going up 80% a year. I can't miss that. I can't miss out on that. Yep, exactly. And, and you know what's funny is, is, and we talked about this, this idea of like when you start seeing banner ads or pop-ups, right, or billboards along the freeway. Uh, but it's also this idea, it's like when, when, not that your friends or family are dumb, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, 
But when all of a sudden Johnny next door or Uncle Bill becomes a real estate expert or becomes a dot-com expert or becomes a crypto expert, and this is why you should... In fact, one of my friend's parent... I had this conversation with one of my friends, and the, 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 the par- one of the parents had said, yeah, you probably ought to buy some of these cryptos because, man, I know somebody that if they would have put, you know, $1,000 in at this time last year, they'd, they'd be a millionaire today. It's like, okay, that's your investment advice? If that's the investment advice you're following, it's like, that's FOMO. That's greed. That's, I can't miss out on this. If everybody else is doing it, I got to do it. It's like, uh, yeah, that, should, that should really be your first signal is, is that if you feel that fear of missing out, that f- you feel that FOMO, that's going to be your first sign. Okay, we're definitely in a specula- speculation uh, bubble right now. So I got to re- kind of dial this back a little bit and go to these next two so that I can make some informed decisions here. Because again, like, hey, maybe there is speculation and I'm feeling this. But then you go to step two and three, and that helps ground you a little bit, and you can make some, some better decisions for it. So check your FOMO at the door, Ty. Just check it. Like a coat. Exactly. You can pick check it up later. Yourself you can pick it up later. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yes, good one. Second one is try to figure out what is the intrinsic value here. Now, maybe we're playing, you know, play on words with intrinsic. What's the extrinsic or intrinsic value? Whatever the case, what is the value that this investment is being based on. And does it correlate to that? Right? So give, it, give us some of the basic ones that we, that we all kind of know. What I like about the, yeah, yeah, PE ratio, appraisals, you know, I mean, w- what's actually the, the merit of the investment? What's the meat? Intrinsic value is like, what's the in, the word in, what's inside of the value, right? What's in there? What's, what's behind this thing? And, and, and here's the thing, like PE ratio, some of these things, they do get a little bit more technical, right? I mean, we, that, that's part of the technical data that I look at every day, right? I look at technical data all the time to try and understand, like right now the markets are kind of being crazy because of everybody's afraid of inflation, right? Well, let's really understand what's going on inside, right? And that's why I'm saying you don't have to be like, you don't have to be like crazy hyper trained or like have a bachelor's or a master's in finance or have done this for 20 years to know these things. It's like, like, again, we keep coming back to Nike, right? Like does Nike have something in there at the end of the day that, yeah, they may have some ways and go up and down, but is there going to be long-term value because of what's inside of Nike? Yeah. Right. That's, that's what it comes down to. So you don't have to be a genius to understand the intrinsic value of something. But you, that's a thing. So you can really kind of help yourself understanding some of this stuff. FOMO part, okay, I feel that. Okay, what's the next step? Let me look at the intrinsic value of this thing, right? And this is where it can be difficult, like .com. What was the intrinsic value of .com? Nothing. So many of those companies. Yeah, pets.com. <laughs> pets.com, Webvan. They didn't have value because they had no revenue. That's the only thing you are going to look was, at with the company yeah, for exactly. value is, is what is its I, revenue. I know, I know. And you can tell, you can tell with some companies when their price to earnings, meaning what you're paying for the stock versus what it's earning, the higher that number is, you know it's more speculative because they're not making very much money. But maybe they got a good product, maybe they got good technology, whatever the case, you can still look at those intrinsic values to come back and 
com had nothing. Exactly. Well, not all of them, but most the of them had thing, nothing. Most of them. Well, I mean, think about that. It's like the price. Because I mean, think about this. So, like, somebody's willing to pay a little bit more for Nike on on any given day than another day, right? Stock prices go up and down, right? Pe- people are willing to pay. So, so that concept is is embedded even in regular, you know, more traditional investing in stocks. In crypto, the the entirety of its value. I guess I shouldn't say the entirety. Like, if Nike, if if what people are willing to pay, like maybe pay a little bit of a premium, which really is what price earnings is, if Nike is, you're willing to pay ten to fifteen percent of that value as a premium, right? You and I read this art that article earlier last or later last week where we talked about the market premium being a little high, about fifteen to twenty percent, right? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's in Nike. On cryptos, it's like the opposite. It's like 90% speculation. Maybe there is, you know, some underlying intrinsic value, maybe, right? Maybe it can, maybe the blockchain technology will end up being, you know, a useful tool down the road, or uh, maybe it will be a currency of some sort. But it's the opposite, right? The intrinsic value is, is on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's 90, 95% speculation, maybe some true value of 5%. And, and, and the difficult with it is, is trying to figure out what is that intrinsic value, because that intrinsic value is going to be based on something we're using, and we don't completely know yet. It's still in theory. So think of it in, these, in this way, too, when you talk about maybe an appraisal for a property. You can also look at wages in that area. You know, what someone's willing to pay for a property is going to be completely based upon what people are making, right? Absolutely. Is it a good... Like- I mean, location, 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 right? That's what real estate's all about. Like, yeah, you're maybe paying a premium, like here in Utah County, you're going to pay a little bit more of a premium to live in Lehigh, right? Right here where, we're, where our office is. Or like if you move down to say Santa Quin, the south end of the county, you're not going to pay as much because it's further away from, from things. But again, that makes sense, right? There's an intrinsic value. Now, whether you want to pay it or not, that doesn't matter. Maybe you want a little bit quieter neighborhood and less traffic, and so you go to Santa Quinn. But my point is, there is an, like, you, that's, like, again, it doesn't take a genius to understand that, okay, I'll pay a little bit more. There's a little bit more value there because it's in Lehigh, right? Um, I do want to, I do want to take this a little bit further and, and, and not to be a, a traditionalist here or sound like an old fuddy-duddy or... Like, I that's mean, your role. I, you, like your I'm not a, role like, is the fuddy duddy. I like, I, I like, I like Warren Buffett. I really do, because and there's good and bad things. But what I love about him is is how simple he is with investing. Right? He's like, I love the, I love where he talks about the napkin test. If it doesn't pass the napkin test, he won't invest in it. It's like, because he doesn't follow speculation like that. If there's no intrinsic value, why in the devil am I going to put any of my money into it? Yeah, I may miss out. So what? Like, unless I time that perfectly, I'm not really missing out on anything. So anyways, so, yep, intrinsic value. Well, that's a good example. Intrinsic value. Yes. And then, and that brings us to this third one, which is maybe a little bit more complex, but it it just takes a little extra time to look at. But it's important because you can make some really clear calculations just by looking at a graph. If you look at the past investment values of whatever it is that you're looking at. And what you're looking for are big spikes, big troughs. You're looking for how fast is it increasing in value? Because the thing that we, the thing that we know about general investing principles is, is that 
it's difficult to sustain growth above 10, 12, 15%. You can't do that for a very long period of time. So if you're seeing increases of 30, 40, 50%, and in the case of cryptocurrencies, 400, 1,000%, what it tells you is nobody really knows what its value is. Nobody knows. If it's increasing and dropping that that fast, nobody knows what the value is. Everybody is speculating. So therefore, just know what you're getting in if you do it. Stay away from it or just yeah, calculate exactly. it. Well, and, and, and we, we, we also talked about this before too, a few, a few episodes ago, but, but the funniest thing about this, right. And, 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 and this is, this is, this kind of sounds boring and a little bit antiquated and, and it's not, there's not a lot of this. Funny soul, daddy. Right? I mean, it sounds like a funny it, daddy. Yeah. Here funny daddy. Here comes the funny daddy the advice. That you, you just made such a key point. If, because because when people when people are like oh i want that that i want to have that 20 30 40 50% return like uh, you're really like looking for a unicorn right and that's not that's not the way it works if the the people in fact there's a really good um i can't remember which of his books it is tony robbins has one of his um it's escaping me now anyways he was talking about uh, building kind of this perfect long-term portfolio, right? And the idea comes back to, look, the expectation should never be... Now, don't get me wrong. If you can find a good investment and you make 20 30% one year, awesome. That's great. 40%, right. great. Which can happen, You're right? an anomaly. You really are. Yeah, short-term stuff Yeah, but the idea, the idea if, if, you, if you can kind of build that continuous 8 to 15% growth, right? Now, that's not guaranteed, and, and we're not making earnings claim or projections here. What we're talking about is with different tools... You're, you're, if you do that and you just continue to build like that through your retirement years, like building up to your retirement years, holy crap, that, that is all you need to do, right? That's literally all you need to do. That's it, right? Any, anything else that's kind of this, this you know, light, catching lightning in a bottle. And that's the crappy thing is, unfortunately, that's what sells. People are sold on 20, 30, 40, 50, buy this crypto and and all your problems will be solved. It's like, no, I'm sorry. It's not as, it's like we talked about with dieting, right? Financial planning is a lot like, a lot like dieting. To talk about some new crazy scientific diet that's going to make you lose 50 pounds. It's awesome. People are going to eat that up. Pardon the pun. But to say, no, look, eat well, exercise, and make sure you drink a lot of water. Like that doesn't sell. Do you know what I mean? But that's, unfortunately, that's the way life is. Same thing applies right here, right? Yeah. And you think about just co- kind of correlating that to any investment you want to look at. You, you can easily go into it and make some sense of this thing and say, okay, well, all right, am I, am I afraid that I'm going to be missing out? Okay. That's step one. Step two, what is the value that this is based off of? Right. Look at real estate in 2006. Were real wages keeping track with home prices? Answer was no. Well, why not? You can make some of those assessments and go, for some reason, people are paying more. Now, granted, again, we're 2020 looking back at this, but this is important as we move forward. You can make some of those basic calculations. Well, even to that point, like we can look at it too. And and I would say that we have just as much of an income disparity with the value of homes right now as we did then. But here's the thing. They're, They're truly is a scarcity of homes right now 
right? There's, there is way, it, it right now is truly a demand and supply, which look, if you're going to have a problem in a market, that's actually not a bad problem to have because there's, it, it warrants true market value, right? People now don't get me wrong. The markets are nuts right now, right? Like I would never pay what some people are paying over asking price on certain properties, right? But we're already seeing, starting to see it slow down. And that coupled with interest rates being insanely low. But, but, but again, you can look at that and say, okay, like, I mean, in, in 2006 and seven, you started to see, you know, there'd be 25 houses and, and every person, oh, how many investment properties do you have? Oh, I've got three or four. It's like something's out of whack when every person has three or four investment properties. Yeah. And, 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 and you, and, oh, what, what did you need to do to get your, yeah. What did you need to do to get your loan? Uh, nothing. Like I didn't really have to work for it. I just like literally like I just kind of told somebody that I made one hundred and ninety thousand a year, and I don't really make that. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. When these when these when these things come up, when these speculative cure alls come up, there are a lot of those similarities there. Where it's you know kind of getting rich quick. There's there's not much value like or not like intrinsic value there. Things something's out of whack. Something's always out of whack. And that's and again that's kind of where you can use this very simple system. That me and Ty have created here. Check your FOMO How to stay rich door. in three easy steps. Yeah. Really dive into intrinsic value. And you can, you know, call somebody who you trust if you're not sure. Talk to somebody about those intrinsic values. Hey, I see house prices are going up really high. Talk to me about that. What do you see? What's going on? And then the other thing is just get a sense of the trajectory of this thing. And... You can go look at those uh, graphs of Bitcoin and you go, that is nuts. That's crazy. The spikes and the troughs on that whole thing make zero sense as to why it would go up that high and down that low in such a short period of time. And that should leave you then with the question of, okay, maybe I'll do three or 4% of my portfolio that way. I can risk that. Maybe that's the decision you make. And the other decision could be, I'm not doing anything. I can't, I can't predict any of that. I'm not doing anything. That's sort of the point in all of this is where to make the best sort of calculated decision. For right. Exactly. But it, when you're starting to say, you know what? I really need to make sure I'm okay in retirement. I'm going to take 20, 30, 40% of my money and do this. Rough. That's, that's yeah. you know, look. Our, what what would Ryan do? Stage. You're in the FOMO stage. Yeah, you're in FOMO stage. You missed exactly. step one. Check you missed FOMO. step one. You, you brought your Go FOMO in with one. you. You're supposed to leave it in the coat rack. Well, and then the funniest thing is I think when you, when you skip step one, it's easy to yeah, that convince is a good yourself point. in step two and step three. Very easy to convince yourself. Step well, one it's going to be the new. Gives you, uh, because, our, because our entire economy is going to go to the crapper. And so we need a new, we need a new, we need a new form of currency. That's right. Like, you don't check your FOMO at the door. If our entire economy goes. You're yeah, not going to look at the intrinsic value. To, None of that. Yeah, yeah, yep. I, I like we, it. Have we beaten? Have, have, have we have we beaten the dead horse? Yeah, but have we protected people enough? Have we come in on our white stallions with our with our swords raised high in the air and saved everybody? Yeah, we're gonna get the the hate mail like I made so much money on Bitcoin. I you don't know so what you're talking about. Money. I sold my. I sold my Bitcoin because of your podcast episode, and then it went up 195%. True. F you. <laughs> true. That okay. is the truth. I'm sorry. It's at now. Yeah. It is very true. Whatever. But you shouldn't have been in the Good first times. Place. There you Good go. times. Yeah. 
Ty, anything else you want to say about this? We're finishing up this series. You feel good about it? Um, yeah, again, I think we've, I think we've beat the horse very dead. It's, 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 it's gone. Um, but no, I think it's good. It's just, it's understanding that it's, it's, this is the marathon. It's not a sprint. Right. And, and that's the whole point. That's the whole point of why we're here. I'll be like, like they all will say, like the comedians all say, I'll be here all night. Right. That's what we're doing here is just to kind of say, listen, we've been here. We've been through it. I know we're young guys. But we both kind of were, it, that's kind of the cool thing. We both came in to our careers with dot com real estate. We kind of, we saw this stuff, right? And, and that's what I'm saying. It, 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 if it looks like, smells like, acts like, chances are it probably is. A duck. So, that's the, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. It's probably a duck. That's follow, right. Follow like the it. three steps and you're like, oh, speculative bubble. That's right. Ty and Wright told me, I uh, know now. FOMO. I oh. am fearing that I'm going to miss out on something. Yep. Oh, oh, well, there's really no value to this thing. Oh, wait, it's historicals are pretty crazy. Okay, I won't put a million dollars of my retirement dollars into this. Okay, fine. Yeah. Oh. And if you need help Good somebody times. to check your FOMO, <laughs> that's fine. It's like a sponsor. That's right. Yeah, we're Find good. a FOMO yeah. sponsor. A FOMO sponsor. That's right. Yeah. Ryan will be your FOMO sponsor. Yeah. So. Hey, man. Good times, my friend. Good times. Hey, another good podcast. Thanks for your time. Everybody check us out. Uh, Tyandrye.com. Subscribe and follow us. I, I'm Ty. And he's Rye. Uh-huh. Thanks, Ty. Yeah. We'll talk with you next week. Thanks, bud. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.